Good morning, everyone. As Father mentioned, my name is Deacon Mike Lehman. Um, I'm the legislative liaison for the Diocese of Cheyenne. I grew up uh, on a ranch outside of Douglas. And since 2001, my wife and I have lived in Cheyenne, where we've been raising our two daughters. For the last 13 years, I've commuted to work uh, in Fort Collins, where I was a firefighter for the Poudre Fire Authority. And that all ended in September, uh, when I began working for the diocese. And I kind of joke about it, but you know, the bishop approached me about the position and I thought, you know, this position of politics and religion, you know, the church's teachings are so popular these days, uh, who wouldn't want this job? And, uh, but in all seriousness, it, it did feel like the Lord was calling uh, my, myself, my family and I to this. And, and uh, so I am very excited uh, to do the job. My job as a liaison is to monitor pending legislation and keep the bishop informed of what's happening at the, at the legislature. Um, at times when it's necessary for the church to take a formal stance on a piece of legislation, it's my job to help communicate that position. Sometimes that may be a media release or testifying at uh, uh, hearings, um, but a lot of times it happens through one-on-one -on -one interactions with the legislators. Um, it's very much a job about building relationships with the legislators themselves, but also uh, among the Catholic Church in the diocese. That's why I'm here today, and that's why I, I hope to be able to keep traveling around the state and meeting, uh, meeting Catholics like you. If, I'm, if I hope to represent the church to the legislature, I have to be in touch with the church in the state of Wyoming. And so that's, that's one of the goals of getting out and and getting people to meet uh, me and, and meet them as well. I hope at the end of this, my, my number one hope is that you, if you have concerns or questions or comments as the legislative process is unfolding and throughout the year, that you might be emboldened to pick up the telephone and, and give me a call or shoot me an email and let me know uh, what your concerns are. I'm, I'm here for you. And that's, that's the whole point. And I learned so much through interacting with good faithful Catholics like yourself about each and every issue because I certainly don't have all the answers to, to what's going on up there. Uh, but the more I discuss it with people who, who love the church and love this beautiful state of ours, um, the better I can do my job. And so that, with that, I promise that's the end of my diocesan commercial. In today's gospel reading, we hear that the doors were locked out of fear. On one hand, a locked door can give us a sense of security, and that is a good thing. But when the need to feel secure becomes more important than becoming the people God is calling us to be, then those same locked doors can become kind of an obstacle. Fortunately, Jesus is not hindered by locked doors. He enters declaring peace. And then he shows the disciples his identification card, if you will, that thing that removes any doubt that he is who he claims he is, his wounds. And then he breathes the Holy Spirit upon them, and he gives them the power to forgive sins. Today is Divine Mercy Sunday, in this Jubilee Year of Mercy. And the Holy Door of Mercy has been fixed at the Cathedral of St. Mary's as a way to encourage pilgrimage. But we both know, we all know, that this is not the only 
uh, door or access that we have to divine mercy. At every parish in our diocese, there is a door of mercy called the confessional, the door to the sacrament of reconciliation. And although the door to the sacrament is not locked, for us many times it is very difficult to pass through those doors. My friends, I'm going to speak to you this morning about a difficult subject in our state today. But like a festering wound, the last thing we want is somebody to be poking around in there. But sometimes that's exactly what we need. So I apologize ahead of time. But our state has the unfortunate, notorious claim of being one of the states leading the nation in suicide. Now, I'm not going to pretend that there are any simple solutions to the problem. Obviously, it's a complex issue. As a firefighter, it was the call I hated the most. Standing in someone's house after the fact, looking at pictures of friends and family on the wall, smiling, and knowing that their whole world was about to change. They just didn't know it yet. There are no simple solutions to this problem. But suicide is a problem of isolation, the kind of isolation that occurs because of locked doors. As Catholics, we are a people of hope because of the risen Lord. And he shows us how to enter into these places of isolation. He enters declaring peace, and he shows those who are huddled in fear his own wounds. My friends, if we want to affect the problem of suicide in our state, we have to remember that we cannot give what we do not have. We can't pass through locked doors if our own doors are locked in fear. We can't declare peace if we do not have peace. And we can't bring the hope that comes from the wounds of the resurrected Christ unless we have found hope in bringing our own mortal wounds to him. And while solution to suicide is not a simple answer, the answer is the hope that we have in Jesus. I was thinking about all this earlier, and I was reminded of a time growing up on the ranch outside of Douglas there. Every weekend, my dad would have us boys saddle up our horses and help him feed. And when we were done feeding the cows, we would go looking for sick yearlings. They were usually fairly easy to spot, their heads held low, their ears flat, and they looked pretty darn sad. And Dad would have us cut them out and drive them down to the corral where he could nurse them for a couple weeks and turn them back out again. But Dad always said, you never bring in a sick yearling by itself. If you have one sick one, you bring in five or six healthy ones with it, you see, because yearlings are a little bit like teenagers. They spook real easy, and they don't like to be singled out. <laughs> the problem was, I was still a little bit of a yearling myself. I thought, you know, Dad just doesn't realize what a good cowboy I am. <laughs> so one day, when I was by myself, I found two sick yearlings. And I thought, that's all the company they'll need. I'll just bring these two in by themselves. So it started out all right. I got them down to the lower pasture, got them eased up to the open gate, real patient-like. They took one look at that gate and they took off running. So it took me a long time, but I ended up getting ahead of them again. I got them stopped, I got them turned around, 
and real patient because that's what you got to be to be a good cowboy. I got them back up to that gate eventually. I got them to take another look and they took off back the other direction where we started. And I, my first thought was, you knuckleheads. Yes, this is the edited version of my story. <laughs> but I thought, how can something so sick run so darn fast? Don't they know that I'm only trying to help them? Years later, it occurred to me that I had often probably given the Lord that same kind of frustration. How often is it that the Lord brings us to the doors of mercy, whether it's the door to the good doctor's office, or the door to the good counselor's office, or the door to the good pastor's office, or the door to the sacrament of reconciliation. And we come to that door and we take one look. And sometimes, even as sick as we are, we run like heck in the other direction. And our Lord wonders, don't you know that I'm only trying to help you? Don't you know how sick you really are? You see, God wants to pour his healing grace on us. And even though he is not hindered by locked doors, we are. And even though the doors of mercy are not locked for many of us, they might as well be. Because we cannot seem to bring ourselves through them. Sometimes because of fear. Sometimes because of pride. My friends, I want to take now and have you fix your eyes on our crucified Lord. Let your eyes look at his hands and his feet. Place your hands in his wounded side. And if you remember nothing else from my homily this morning, remember this. You are worth that kind of pain. You are worth that much suffering. You are worth even dying for. Because you are precious in the eyes of God. He did not suffer that way so that you and I might muddle our way through this life. He died so that you and I might have life and have it in abundance. So when the Lord brings you to the door of mercy, whether it's the door to the confessional or the door to the mental health professional, take courage. Take courage. You're not the first one to walk through those doors, and you most certainly will not be the last. God wants to heal you, and through you, he will bring healing to others. So don't let your need for security prevent you from your destiny. Don't let fear or pride prevent you from the fullness of life that God is calling you to live.